When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, this is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you on a to t- 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 what's today? Oh, it's a Monday night. It's just after 9 p.m. And I hope you were ready for it because my goodness, here we are. It's the short week. I hate it. I despise it. But yes, you're you are reading this right. It is the Scobro show on a Monday. And with me, as always, is my big brother Rich. Rich, how's it going tonight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you can't. Uh, you're 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 probably. Uh, um, eh, that's how I felt. <laughs> eh, that's how I felt about the game yesterday. Yeah. Eh, eh. Now we got to go on a Monday yeah. night. Eh, now the Steelers play on Thursday. Eh, I hate Thursday night football. I despise Thursday night football. I have always hated Thursday night football. It ruins my fantasy football stuff. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I like Thursday night football. I don't. Okay, here's here's why I like Thursday night football. I'll, I'll give it to you. Monday, Monday night football. It's on right now. Two games are on right now. But then you only have Tuesday, Wednesday off. Then you get football again. Then you get two days off. Then you're back to football. That's why I generally like it, even if I don't watch it or you know just follow it, whatever. But I will tell you this, I like it when it's someone else that has to worry about it. I despise it when it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do not like it. I know how much it puts teams at a disadvantage, and I don't like it when it's my team that has the disadvantage, particularly those that go on the road. It's a short week. It's really tough to recover, as Coach Tomlin said in his press conference today on Monday, so we're at least doing our show on the same day as the press conference like we normally do. He said it's challenging, and when it's early in the season, it's even more challenging. So the only good thing is you get it over with. So we'll suck it up. We're here on the short week, which means, man, the game is fresh in our mind. Um, We did it again. We try not to communicate much after the game until we do the show so we can spend our time together talking about the game. And eh. <laughs> since, I would say since last week, you and I talked, what, the 20 seconds before we came on the air, and that's been it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, ooh, eh, was it. I, I well, will say this. Take that back. I, I, I've, I've communicated towards you some. You probably didn't see it in some of the live chats. And oh, yeah, I actually did. You were on there Thursday. But I was on there Thursday, and someone mm-hmm. told me that, uh, that I was their favorite Scobro, and I, of course, had to respond that I'm my favorite Scobro, too. Yeah, you're my yeah. favorite Scobro, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, we're here. We're trying to take it all in. And, of course, you know, the post-game show goes on, and it's a lot of instant reaction. We are dealing – I do feel like we're we're dealing with the hangover. The hangover show, I understand why they call it that, because it really is just – Ugh, how does it feel that that next day? And that's what we're dealing with now. And you can look back and there's a lot of different ways you could spin stuff. And we're going to get into that. But first, let's look at one way to spin it. Let's bring in a $5 uh, super chat here into the tip jar from Steel Dog 88. Thank you very much, Steel Dog. Says, brutally honest, Mitch was bad. Making pre-snap decisions and not reading progressions. On the bright side, the other three North teams lost I'll take it. Yeah, you could. There's a lot of way you can do the narrative. First, Rich, why don't you first tell us your thoughts about uh, Mitch Trubisky in this week's game? And you're going to 
In other words, nothing. You didn't think about think much of it, huh? I don't want to think. Please don't make me. Yeah. Um. The the th- There's certain things that I can handle from quarterbacks, mm-hmm. or or just you know what players in general, because I can take it to other sports. I can take it to 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 baseball. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I've spent a lot of time coaching baseball. I, I can handle, you know, a kid who is trying to hit and doing everything correct. You know, their stance is correct. Their stride is correct. Their hands are correct. They're doing everything correct, but they're just not making good contact with the baseball. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're trying to be fundamentally sound. And it's just not working. Yeah. I can't stand players that aren't trying to be fundamentally sound and it's not working. Yes. And I feel like I'm getting some of that from Trubisky. Yes. I'm, you know what? I'm just going, I'm going to hit right off the bat. I really am. I'm just, I'm going to put it here right to start. I, I said how I was disappointed with Trubisky in the post game show. Um, he, I, he did feel like he was falling away from his throws. Everything was to the sideline. I put that in my new yeah. crashes. Like, is it mirrors Trubisky falling back? It's, every it's throw so makes. funny because I was editing that article and it was, that was in there. It had already been there. And Jeff had just said how someone had tweeted to him about him falling back on the throws. And I said, yep, yeah, Rich put that knee jerk too. So that was one of those things. I'm kind of glad that he, in his post-game press conference, I read the quotes. I didn't hear them. So I maybe I, I'm sorry I didn't have time to listen to all that stuff because of everything going on. I've been having to do a lot of work because it's a short week. Um, that he didn't, he didn't shy away from saying, hey, if we're going to do these other things, we have to actually have plays that do these things. If we want to throw over the middle, he, this isn't what he's saying, but in essence, what you know, this isn't his quote, but in essence, what he was saying, if we want to throw over the middle, we've got to actually run plays that put receivers in the middle. You know, things of that nature. Now, whether there's a big debate on whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Canada, whether it's both, you can't say it's neither. But this is what I'm going to say about diving into it right away. And that is a lot of what I saw from Mitch Trubisky in the preseason and even a little bit in week one was I was like, gee, he has to do this because of the offensive line. But you want to know the truth? The offensive line was not the problem this week. No, it was not. And for those who think that it was, there were some people that just assumed the offensive line was bad. Maybe they weren't watching it. Uh -uh, Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I've got the – whether you like it or not – I quote the PFF numbers. I I report those articles. I've got PFF well, numbers yeah, from the offensive to, line. We're the ones that do stuff like that. Yeah, whether you like it so, or not doesn't matter. That's I've where drawn my own conclusion about the offensive line before the before the numbers came out. I then report the numbers, and and the article will be coming out on the offense tomorrow. The defense, I don't know if we'll have time to run it tomorrow. If we have to wait to Wednesday, we have so much stuff to run on a short week, so we're just gonna have to see. But. When it came to the offensive line, I said, I always say, did did do the grades pass the eye test? And this time, I have to say, yes, they did. You know who was the number one offensive grade for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week? Chooks core four. Chooks core four. You know what Chooks core four was? Grant, there's still two games that are being played. Chooks core four was the number two offensive lineman in all of the NFL for week two. It was number Based one. Based on his, it, the left tackle for the Giants was number yeah. one. Okay, but Chukwuma had the second highest score. So I'm, I'm just saying, was it was was the score correct? Maybe, but I'll tell you what, he played well. Kevin Dotson played well. They, they believe it or not, they all played well. Even in the run blocking, the only person who had a bad overall score was Dan Moore Jr., who actually had a better pass blocking score than Chukes did. But he had a bad run blocking score, and Chuke scored in the 90s in, back, in run blocking. So it was not an offensive line problem. So all this time I was like, poor Trubisky, you know, how can you really gauge what he's doing with this offensive line? You know what? The offensive line wasn't the problem, and it didn't look better. That's my control. That's 
my concern. I tried to mix two words together. Yes, there. you did. did <laughs> That's my concern. So, and do you want to say anything about the offensive line? Um, uh, other than you know, Trubisky wasn't back there running for his life. Um, yes, there were three sacks in the game. Two of them were Trubisky's fault. They should have and been throwaways. You want to know the truth? What the third one was Najee Harris. Yeah, the third the third one was blocking somewhere. That one I couldn't you yeah. couldn't put on Mitch because basically he hit his he hit his plant foot and as soon as you know his I, back foot as soon as the back foot went down, he was getting hit. I made Jeff rewind that play three times during yeah. the commercial break so I could watch it. I was watching it at Jeff's house again. Um, because I didn't get the game because all I got was that stupid purple team who at least if I would have been able to watch it home would have seen um some craziness there, but that's beside the point. But the more I'm like, where did that guy come from? Where did that guy come from? So we're looking, looking, looking. We're like, oh, that came from a blitzer that that Najee. He, I don't even think he slowed him down. Um, it, that wasn't the only thing on that play, but that was probably the most contributing one. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh, and thank you, Wes. Wes Andrew Thomas. That's his name, the left tackle for the Giants. Yeah, and he he is really good. So go ahead, Rich. Um, so you know the line had it to where you know. Uh, I felt the quarterback had time to throw the ball. Quarterback had time to go through progressions. Um, they they were not necessarily the issue. Yeah. Now, where the issue is, you could still argue some maybe. But. But. You, know, you could argue. Is it the play calling? Is it the quarterback? All I can say is this. I really doubt that the play calling is asking for the quarterback to fall backwards on every throw. That's true. I agree. So, but it, it, it's it. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I just watched the bills score a long touchdown. <laughs> so, um, but we do want to say, cause someone put it in the live chat. Yeah. There was a player taken to, um, taken to the hospital um, from, for the bills. Um, it, it looked pretty bad. Uh, one of their cornerbacks. So uh, we, we, our thoughts are with him. Yeah, I felt like the line was getting the job done, especially the pass blocking, but yet the play calling kept coming. Well, let's just say this. I don't know if it was the play call or the decision-making of the quarterback, which one it really was, but one of those two things kept acting as if the line wasn't getting the job done. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Yeah. So so maybe they were taking it for granted. Like, Oh, maybe if we expect him to get it done, then they won't. It'll have to be a little bit more difficult, but I mean, that's just tough when the line's getting it done and you're still not really executing very well. I will tell you this though. I know it's tough, but if I were to tell you <laughs> a month ago that two weeks into the season, the Steelers would be one and one, and the, and their loss would be by three points. What would you have said? Oh, I said okay. I'll take it. I, I, right, I'll take yeah. it. And it's not the it, and the record is not what I'm upset about right now. Yes, uh, I'm more upset just about the play and where I feel like things are progressing. That's exactly that's what I'm more upset about right now. Exactly. For example, well, I mean, the Steelers, they were without one Trent Jordan Watt, um, still struggle to win games when he's not there. But even after the Steelers beat the Bengals in week one, the confidence, like we do a confidence poll through SB Nation, the confidence in the Steelers actually slipped the percentage. After they beat the Bengals, the confidence actually went down a little bit, which tells you that it's that sometimes you can – you can grit out a win, but sometimes you can't grit out the the you can't grit out the win every time if things aren't going your way. There was a lot of stuff that went the Steelers' way in Week One, and it was enough for them to to get the overtime win. I would say not everything went their way in Week Two. Yeah, and they still, you know, it wasn't a, a terrible loss. But there was a lot of stuff. The name of the show today, the title of the show is, I, I don't want to screw it up, so I'm actually looking it up. Mishaps and missed opportunities is what led to the loss. I, the mishaps, I think we kind of know what, what we talked about there. 
Let's uh, how about the touchdown inside of two minutes in the first half? Really shouldn't have been. Yeah. Shouldn't have been. Third and three outside of field goal range. I know. And and they throw the ball long and Witherspoon is there and just, just doesn't quite. I don't know if I don't want to say it doesn't quite stick with it, but just as I don't know, half a half a beat behind in trying to make the play. Yeah, well, honestly, I I almost feel like he was in such good position that he took it for granted. Yeah. He was in such good position covering Aguilar on that that I feel like he took it for granted that, oh, I'm here, I'm in position, I'm the one who's going to get this ball. And he just went, the, the receiver just went up high. Took, he took it away like a defender would take away the ball for a receiver waiting for it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, how, how do I say it? Um, he, uh, now this was a narrative from last year. I'm not going to say it's, this is true for this year, but uh, if we were talking about this in the offseason, we would have said he, uh, uh, Witherspoon kind of uh, chased Claypool did. Yes. You know, didn't yeah. go up and get it was letting it come into his body and therefore someone else took it away. Um, that was a missed opportunity. You know, that, that was a, that was no, that's the wrong thing. That's a miscue. That's a miscue. That's the miscue. Yes. So that could have been an interception. If nothing else, it should have at least been the ball batted down and whether or not the Patriots go for it on fourth and three at their own 40 yard line with, 20 some seconds left. I don't know. Or if they try to just punt and say, we're going to end the half tied. And because they assume maybe the, the, the Steelers would then take a knee. We'll never know, but man, that's when the Steelers give up a touchdown in the last two minutes of the first half. I don't remember them winning the game. I really don't. I don't I think of Cincinnati last year when they gave up that, that touchdown, right before halftime and how things went on after that. And it was just, just frustrating. So, so there, that's a miscue. We all know the biggest miscue. It was right after a missed opportunity. The missed opportunity was having an interception thrown right to you in the third quarter and letting it go. So um, that's just a missed opportunity. You know, that's anything you want to say about that one? It, it, it's just a play that's got to be made. Yeah. Like teams that make those plays win. Mm-hmm. When you don't make those plays, things have the opportunity to snowball like they ended up snowballing. Yeah. And you know what? The Steelers made those plays the week before. Yes. They had four of such plays. You could almost argue they had six because you could have called one an interception than a fumble, and they had another one that was taken away from another from a penalty on the play. You know, they made those plays. That play didn't happen. You know, and sometimes it's the it's the things that don't happen that really get you. And then you're like, oh, well, if he would have done that, the next play would have would have never happened. But I'm not making excuses on the next play on no. on the on the mishap. Yes, there was only 10 players on the field. Yes, there was no one covering the gunner on the outside. Yes, I think the Patriots missed a golden opportunity that bailed them out because they should have just thrown the ball to the guy out there with no one on him, and he'd have run for forever. And probably would have gotten the ball down to maybe even close to the 10-yard line, which was where they ended up getting it. But even though he had a free run at him, it doesn't matter because you call a fair catch. When you fall, call the fair catch, it doesn't matter. And you're and you're saying, oh, well, he had to pay extra attention to that guy. And you want, that's the whole reason of a fair catch. Once you call it, you don't have to worry about anybody around you. You can 100% focus on the ball because you don't have to worry about it. He had one job, catch the ball. And it didn't and happen. And he failed. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and it didn't happen. So, so everything. And it's, I still think it's so funny. Everyone's like, it's on Tallman. Yeah. Tallman's the one who had the ball hit off his face mask on a punt. Tallman's the guy that dropped the interception. Tomlin's the guy that, uh, that didn't, uh, that, that, um, 
didn't make the play trying to catch the ball on their body and, and uh, gave up a touchdown. But yeah, and it's and it's those couple handful of plays that could change big time. Well, we we kind of missed one. I forgot yes, about we something. We did. Uh, I was what wondering about, when you were gonna get there. Which one? Do you which one do you think that I missed? Oh, I'm referring to the one where we had a Patriots player not catch a ball. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And we were unable to take advantage and recover it. Would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Instead, the Patriots recover it, and because it was muffed and the, the person hadn't you know, fully had control of it outside of the end zone, it ends up as a touchback. Now, to me, that's a rule that needs addressed. Now, I'm not saying it should have been a safety. I'm not saying it should have been a safety, but it, but it shouldn't have been a touchback. If nothing else, it should have gone back to where he touched it. Yep. So by him not fielding the ball, it worked out to his advantage. If the ball would have gone, if he wouldn't, if he, if he had touched the ball, it would have bounced and gone out of the back of the end zone. It still would have been a touchback, but he touched it. So the thing is, you shouldn't, because the offensive player doesn't make the play, or sorry, the receiving player, I guess I should say, doesn't make the play, they actually got rewarded. So it was the right call based on the rule. I think the problem is the rule. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm even okay if it ends up saying, no, it's not a safety. Yeah. But then I'm with you. It should go back to where he first touched the ball. Yeah, they should have at where least they, had the ball where they like muffed the where he muffed the catch. Yeah. Well, because think of it all the other way around. Other way around, let's say the it's a punt and the and and the and the the punt returner gets out of the way, the ball's bouncing around. If the Steelers touch the ball but don't possess the ball when they do, you know, whether that just hits their hand or it bounces off of off of a player's leg or something of that nature. The returners taught, go in, pick it up, and see if you can bust it loose. Because the rule is, you have the option, as the receiving team, of taking the ball where the defense first touched it, or whatever else happens after that. It's your choice. So if you try to go in and pick it up and run with it, and you fumble it, and they hop on it, it doesn't matter. You go right back to where they touched it first, and you yep. get the ball there. So there's no harm in going for it. Um, kind of like, you know, some some people don't realize the rule that on a muffed punch you can't advance it because there's been plenty of times where someone's, you know, gone to hit it, it's doinked off their face mask or off their hands, and the guys pick it up and are running for a touchdown. There's no reason to try to scoop and score on those. You might as well fall on it because you're going to get it where you get it anyway. I've seen guys – I, it might have been I, – I don't. it's been a while. It's been years. Try to scoop and score on a muffed punt and not grab the ball, and then the team recovers. You're like – you try to do something that wouldn't have even benefited you anyway. So uh, you might as well just fall on it. But to, I, that, to me, if, if the rule is that the defense – if the defense touches it – or sorry, the kicking team touches it, um, technically they're the defense once they kick the ball because it changes from offense to defense. Anyway. All right, but if the kicking team touches the ball – then the receiving team gets the option of where it's going to be. To me, if the if the receiving team touches the ball, then the kicking team should get an option of where it ultimately ends up. Yep. It's only fair. Correct. So yeah. So, but that's another one of those things that uh you don't fix it until it's a problem. And yeah, that was kind of a problem. So um, I wish the rule would have given them a safety. If nothing else, I wish the rule would have at least given them the ball and would have been what, like the three or four yard line. Yeah, three or four so yards. Yeah, but that that was a missed opportunity, a missed opportunity that they that they couldn't come up with that one. Um, any any of the other ones you want to you want to talk about? Um, I don't know exactly where it fits in, but um, it doesn't have to. <laughs> We're just talking about the game. Where you know the other because I put it in there as killer is you know the the Steelers. Score a touchdown on their first play of the fourth quarter. Yes. And they possessed the ball twice more after that three and out, three and out. 12 yards. Total. Yep. Three and out, three and out. 
And then people wondered why the defense couldn't get a stop at the end of the game. Yeah. And because he, we'd given them an entire, what, 35 seconds of rest yeah. in between being on the field? Some, you know. Something, it, it was it, something like that. And that's what was so great um, to end the first quarter and go into the second quarter. The Steelers had a drive that was over seven minutes. Now, granted, it went less than 50 yards and they only got a field goal out of it, but they had a 16 play drive that went over seven minutes after the Minka Fitzpatrick interception. So that that's what you're, I'm like, I turn to Jeff and said, that's what you want to see. Get your defense, plenty of rest. That's the, you know, that even though it only ended in three, that was one of the best things that you could do. I'm sitting here and watch the Tennessee Titans punt returner, take one off the shoulder pad and lose the ball. (laughs) It's a common theme around the NFL this week, I guess. So, um, yeah, when you had the ball for that short and see, here's another missed opportunity. You ready? Here, here, here you go. The Steelers go three and out on that first possession. And they the ball's inside, what is it? It's it's, it's around it's inside the 20 uh when they get when they go. And after all the other booming punts that he had in the game, yep. that's when Presley Harvin hits a 40 yarder that's returned five yards. 39 midfield. 39 yards. Uh, the, well, according to the to the to the Steelers official oh. that stuff, it was 40. But yeah, that that was it. He had the whole field to finally boom one, and they get the ball. They give the ball and, and, his, and his only really sad punt of the day. I mean, he yeah, had a couple others that were just phenomenal. Yeah, but when they really needed one, we didn't get it. What? Yeah, that, that's that's the missed opportunity. When you need it most is when it needs to be there. He's All getting right. more consistent now. He's just got to make sure that his that his worst punt of the day is in the most. All right, there, there was the, the time where they needed the most. There was one other missed opportunity. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was a missed opportunity for the referees to not suck. Okay. <laughs> but as Art Mitchell Tree brings up, the fall, the false start not called hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and it, hey, it wasn't as bad as the one against the Chargers where it was so blatantly obvious and they scored a touchdown on the play. True. But, um, this, but, but it mean, led to a touchdown, you know? You know, like two drives earlier, they get Dan Moore. Dan Moore picked the foot up and they yeah. whistled it dead immediately. This guy took, moved both, he moved feet, both feet and one foot moved twice. Yeah. Before the snap of the ball. So it was basically three steps. And the dude stopped because he was expecting the whistle. Yeah. He knew he false started. And the play went on. And I, I'm like, are you, you kidding me? Hey, I I will I will tell you. I noticed that it was that official on the I will saw I will call the near side of the field based on the perception from television yeah. on the screen side because when Chooks I noticed Chooks a core four he was getting a little bit of a head start a couple of plays in there and it wasn't called and that's what I, the first thing I said to Bad I'm like Chooks been doing that I said a couple of times already he said but Look, nowhere around, close to that right. bad around the league you will see that they will give tackles I, I like to call it the half a beat. Yeah. Okay. The half a beat on the snap they can get away with. That was not half a beat. That, that was, was a beat three and a half. beats. I was going to say that was at least a beat and a half. Uh, <laughs> but but notice the the ones that weren't called were on the near side, and I, then when they finally did call it, and when it was called against CO two, it was on the far side. Yep. That's You're a different right. official making that call. Yeah. Get on that. You know, NFL. Yeah. Because that that's. That's not good. It's not a good look. It's really not. So, yeah. Okay, that's all I got to say. Yeah. Hey, Steel Dog eighty eight's got another five dollars in the tip jar. He's got a lot he wants to say. It says, uh, with what we saw this week, if Mitch doesn't turn it around, do you really want him going against the Bills and Buccaneers after Week Four? So, talking about you know a, a couple good defenses there because you know. That Buccaneers offense hasn't been doing too much either, but that's beside the point. Uh, I understand, but at the same time, you know what that is? That's week five. And right now the Steelers got to get through week three. 
Yeah, let's see what happens so, in week three first. And yeah, I, think- you're, I don't disagree, Steel Dog. I know what you're saying, but the, as I let's see what happens with week week three, and then make decisions for week four. Exactly, that's what I say. It should be they should be more worried about week three and week it, four than they are week five and week six. Well, it, it's what I want to say. Even if if it's a you know, everybody w- likes to talk and wants to talk. And of course you heard the Kenny, Kenny chance at the stadium the other day. Um, if you're even considering a move, it's a process. Yeah. You don't just snap your finger and do it. it it's a, it, it's a process. Um, you know, um, to me, if, if Mitch comes out and lights it up on Thursday, that process is being, it wouldn't even think of starting it. No. If he comes out and stinks it up on Thursday, does the discussion start? Okay. Do we start a process where we make a change? I I think you're right because I went back at, you know, at the beginning of the season, I've said the whole time, I trust the Steelers' judgment because they have more of the information than we do. They know what they can do with each quarterback or what they should be able to do with each quarterback. Um, but you also have to, you know, trust that – I don't know who's making that decision, if it's Tomlin, Canada, Sullivan. I just – exactly how that goes. There could be a lot going on on the inside that we don't know. There, there could be absolutely no thought of it, or they could be right on the fringe. We don't know. But what I had said before is, even if the Steelers aren't winning, I don't know that they will make a change. They will make a change that even that if the problem is the quarterback play, then you make a change. Yes. That's that's my point. And based on week two, unless Coach Tomlin, who wears a headset, knows that his problem is the guy in the booth and not the guy on the field, then you've got to be considering that. But if the problem's the guy in the booth, then guess what? Step up and be a head coach. You're not going to fire a guy midseason. It's not the Steelers' way. I'm, I'm not saying it's not ever going to happen. I mean, my goodness. they one, one year, they relieved an offensive line coach of his duties and had the assistant offensive line coach take over, and the guy was just still there and around, but they would not fire him during the season. That was when Sean Surrett was the assistant. That was before, right before Mike Munchak because it was Sean, Sean Surrett that took over for – um, I can't even remember the name of the guy that they had, but they wouldn't fire him during the season. It's just something that they don't do. Um, it's not like they shouldn't, but you also have to have another plan in place. Kind of like people that last year wanted to scream, you know, bench Devin Bush, bench Deontay Johnson. Well, what good is benching them if you don't really have anyone else to play in their place? So you don't just make a decision unless you have a plan. But Coach Tomlin, he knows more what's going on there. Whether, you know, where this all falls in and it's it's we can pretend like we know but we only know so much and that's that's one thing i always like to say um do you think it's do you want to weigh in on what you think it could be of those two quarterback coordinator it's a combination there's just there's too much going on for not to be some both because like i said From what I'm seeing, okay, there could be issues with the call. Mitch could be right. Hey, we're, you know, everybody's saying, why aren't we using the middle, using the middle? Well, if we're not calling to the middle, that I can't throw it there. And if that's the case, then yes, yeah, some of that's on Canada. But Canada's not throwing every throw off, off, the, off of his back foot. True. Canada's not misfiring on some of the throws that are there. So that's why, to me... If anything, there's blame to go around. Yes. Yes. A a coach's job is to put their players in the best position to win. The player's job is to go out there and win the game. And when you don't win the game, there's fault to go around. 
everywhere. Oh, uh, I want to bring yeah. up one of these. I'm Cord Man Tommy. Cord Man Tommy said, Dave, did you see what Duck tweeted about Mitch? I did not share it, Cord Man. Put it in the live chat. I want to see what he said. I did not see that. Um, if you can if you can now, quote it, maybe you already did. What I will go back and say is this, and as a quarterback, you cannot like the plays that are being called, right? Yeah. But you know what your job is? Run the plays. Run the play, make the throw. You know what? I don't think Ben Roethlisberger would run the play. <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger just would have called his own play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he said, um, Duck said that they should bench him. So I'll be honest with you. I I don't think it makes sense for the Steelers to bench Mitch Trubisky for the, for the short week on Thursday. No. Most rational fans, when you think about it, you're like, oh, well, why not if he's ready? I'm like, there's – this is a bad enough situation for the Steelers to be on a short week and having to travel. Do you really want that to be the first experience of your first round draft pick? Look, we said all the way back when folks said, where are your opportunities if you oh. wanted to go to Pickett? Okay. And what did we say? We said that if, if the Steelers started with Trubisky and wanted to go to Pickett, they, Trubisky would start. There's no way you would see Pickett before week four. Yeah, that's what I'm like. You have to give him three games. That's what I said. You've got to give and him not three just games. That, and if you're going to make the, if the Steelers would make the decision to make the move to Kenny Pickett, you do it after the Thursday night game when you've got Add a little bit extra time. A little bit of extra time. Yeah. Cordman Tommy also says, and he also said bench Canada. <laughs> okay. If he said that, that that's pretty funny. Uh, I want to bring up something um, that, 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 you know, so you already said was a good point is that Nate Vance like said Canada isn't the one who's missing wide open receivers. There's plays where there's wide open receivers and there's plays where there's not. You know, um I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you how it is. What like I said, I'm not a big critiquer of wide receivers. My that's not my expertise. Um, but believe it or not. I'll go back to the PFF scores. Do you want to know what, you know what's crazy about the PFF scores? Where was Mitch? He was in the middle of the team. And do you know what his score was? Almost the exact same it was the week before. Barely above average, 61.6, because they started at 60.0, which goes to show you he's not doing anything great, but he's but he's not doing, you know, he's not doing anything awful in their eyes, you know, from a from thing, but what's crazy is out of the all the wide receivers, the only ones that scored higher than Trubisky was Gunnar Olszewski, who was not on the play for a not on the field for a single passing play. He was on the field for all running plays, and Deontay Johnson, who just had a, a great score. All the rest of the receivers lower scored than Trubisky. Pat Frermuth had the lowest offensive score on PFF. Claypool was in the bottom, Gentry in the bottom, Pickens in the bottom. So if they're running wide open, I don't think that their scores would be bad. But I'm not watching them. Go ahead. No, no, no. There, there are some places, and, and I think I understand when I see some folks saying, hey, there's receivers that are open, okay? I think that – because I've seen some open receivers. Or I, Actually, what came out of my mouth, and I almost stuck it into the knee-jerk article, but I decided not to because I wasn't sure exactly what I know and don't know. Mm -hmm. But there were times where I would see a receiver come off the line, break open, the ball not be thrown to them at that point, wait a couple more steps, and then the ball is thrown to them. Mm. And then there's then there's coverage. Right? And even if they caught the ball, someone was right there to tackle them. I'm like, why aren't we getting them the ball when they're open more and let them try to make somebody miss? Now, to me, my thought there is that is potentially more on your offensive coordinator mm -hmm. because of the read progression on the receivers. The quarterback's not to be looking at that receiver at that point in time when I see him open because he's coming here, that guy's not open. Then he gets to this guy and that guy went from being wide open to somewhat covered. Yeah. I'm trying to remember 
if it was the interception or if it was another play that was close to an interception that was kind of an underneath play, it was a play where he, where the ball was thrown to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson was open, but not when he threw on the ball. You yeah. just, that was something I said to, to Jeff and Brian right then. I forgot about it because it was so early in the game. And now you, you, you brought that memory back that they, they did it. He was open, but not when the ball got there, he was open earlier. Um, I was going to ask you a question. I'm like, I should probably go back and watch the game more. Maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm missing it or something, but then someone else asked the question. So I want to bring this up because I, I didn't, I wasn't looking for it, but I'm thinking back. I don't remember it. And then, here we go. Corey Eckenroth says, where has all the pre-snap movement been that is supposed to be a Canada staple? Did you notice a lot of this pre-snap movement or anything? There was some, but not a whole lot. I'm going to tell you this in the off in, in the preseason, I, I said, Hey, we're seeing this, but we're still seeing a pretty vanilla offense. I'm kind of excited to see what the Steelers are going to bring in the regular season. Cause they don't want to show too much. Now, maybe it was this week because I said it in the preview. You and I talk about the Steelers. We don't live in our fears unless it's the postseason. Yeah. I said, we have another one. We can add to that. We don't live in our fears unless we're playing Bill Belichick. My goodness, Coach Tomlin, I'm sorry. You guys know I am a Coach Tomlin fan. But if I was going to describe how he coached this game against Bill Belichick, uh, oh, wait, no, nope, no, I can't. Yeah, Go no, ahead. I got a word. Yeah. I got a word. Skirt. No, I, I was going to be more extreme of a word that I can't say. But it's a word usually associated with either a cat or a willow. Okay, that's what he was in this game. You know what? Because even though I like Coach Tom, I think he's a great coach. When he does stuff like that, I'm going to call it out too. And I felt, I mean, everything that he talked about, I I already went on this rant in the postgame. And I'm I'm going to now, I'm still mad about it. So I got to do it again. Everything that he brought up into the postgame and everything was all about the Steelers having to react to what the Patriots were doing. Oh, on defense, we have to react to what they're doing, trying to do on offense. Oh, on offense, we have to react to what they're doing on defense. Why don't you make them react to you? You are so scared of freaking Bill Belichick. He makes you like a little girl. Okay. Stand up. Don't live in your fears because he lives in his fears when he's going up against BB. End of story. Um, Brant Dunn. Um, Go ahead. I was in the middle of something. I don't even remember what it was now. (laughs) Okay. There were actually some things in that game, too, that I thought were way too easy for Mac Jones. Okay. Uh, And this is going to get back to your pre-snap movement. Yes. The Patriots would would put someone in motion on almost every play. Okay. Because they would look. If the guy followed, they knew that he knew the Steelers were in man. And typically, most of those throws went to running backs. Yeah. Okay. Matched up against more times than not was Spillane and caught the ball and they would catch the ball. Are you tired of seeing him as the guy out there on third down as the only one, one, one linebacker? Yes, I am. I mean, it was a third and seven, and he drops 12 yards deep. Okay. Mm. Now, sorry. If, if they go in motion and the guys, and you can, you know, and I'd be like, oh, Steelers are in zone. Drop back. Yeah. Had time. Find the hole in the zone. Throw the ball. It was too yeah. easy. Yeah. You knew what they were doing. And what I was going to say about the pre-snap move and everything, I was talking about the preseason and how it was being vanilla. I feel like you got you. I feel like there was more creativity to the offense in the preseason than there has been, especially in week two. I mean, granted, you know, they ran the flea flicker in week one, which was kind of nice, but I mean, just throwing in one crazy play every 15 plays, that's not creativity. Creativity is not knowing what the what they're doing every play when you line up because they could do something you they could do anything out of any formation out of any personnel grouping and that's not what the Steelers do they pretty much say this is we're gonna we got this group of players out there we're probably going to do one of these few things you just you know if, see if you can pick the right one well you, you're giving them so few options they have coach Tom was saying today about oh well you know sometimes it's okay on third down to throw short of the sticks based on what the defense is doing we were doing this and they were in this which meant you had to well they did that because they knew that's what you were doing and then that's what you would be forced to do. 
You're letting them force your hand. You're, you know you're what? Play, you're playing right into what they want you yeah. to do. Yeah. You're, you're playing it. But, and now, at the same time, if they do push it and Mitch Trubisky throws three interceptions, we're going to be just as mad about that as well. But, know, but, but here's, here's where I'm frustrated. And you should be too, because we talked about this for last year. Yeah. We never saw it last year. And we're not seeing it this year. Okay. Man, wouldn't I love to see a see at some point in time these five what I want to call, you know, skill position players on offense in the huddle at the same time. Ready? Najee Harris. Yes. Derek Watt. Yes. Pat Fryermuth. Yep. Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward. And Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. I'd even take Gentry if it's not Hayward. Correct. Yeah. Either one. Okay. You, that's my that's my I talk about that jumbo formation all the time. You bring those five guys out there, you have no idea if it's you assume that it's going to be a run. And if they assume it's a run, you line up in a pass formation and you hurt them. And if they assume that if they leave their 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 pass defense out there, you bring it in and you pound it down their throat because you have the blockers to do it. I've been saying that for two years. Right. <laughs> That's you, my favorite. Like for two years, the Steelers have had the kind of grouping where they could go out and dictate what yeah. was going on. You could make them match you, and we don't do it. Yeah. You don't force the we, other team's hand. You react to what they do on both sides of the ball. The Steelers make it easy on the other team's defense. Yeah instead of difficult. The Steelers should be trying to make it difficult on the other team's defense. But but they make it we make it easy. They make it easy because they're trying to but because they're reacting to what the defense does. Yeah. So the defense can dictate what you do, force you into doing certain things, which makes it easier for them. We need hmm. to quit being the nerd on offense and be the bully. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And putting that and putting those five guys I talked about out there and then dictating based on what they're doing, you decide whether you want to run or pass. That's yeah. being the bully. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now to now to come back to the to the possible quarterback change or anything with that. I I keep saying that you make the change when when you're when how do I say it? You you make the change not for the sake of making a change. I said it on the post-game show. The one thing that I, this is Pete, you know, and it might not be what people mean by it. I'm not saying don't make the change, but I can't I can't stand the phrase of love of put him out there and see what he can do. That and see what he can do just drives me nuts. Yeah, it, that's, that's not you have 17 it. NFL games in a season until and until you are eliminated. You don't want to just see what anyone can do. You want to you want to see what, what, what they can do? That's what practice is for. Okay. As someone who coached before, you don't just throw a kid out in the game and say, Oh, here's your opportunity. You want your opportunity, you earn your opportunity. Okay. It's it there's just there's not enough games, you know. When you have a hundred and sixty million major league baseball games in a season and and you need to see what someone can do in one of those games it's because your wins and losses don't matter as much i don't want that to be the reason the reason isn't to see what he can do that's not the reason but i'm not saying that there's not good reasons otherwise yeah that's it, just my point don't say put him out there let's see what he can do it's it's no put mm -hmm. him out there because at this point we feel he's a better option than what's currently out there yeah not let's see what he can do yeah, when he's the better option, get him out there. When he's the better option, get him out there. That's yeah, and just, and honestly, you're you're after this week. Here, I'll ask you this one: If the game was on Sunday, what do you think they would have done? Well, not sure. I would have considered the re it the, re the reason I'm the not, Steelers would the, have. The reason I'm not sure is because I think the Steelers already knew that that the other day didn't matter. They'd be going with Mitch this week. Yeah. So it wasn't even up for thought. Yeah. Not sure exactly how that would have played out if it 
if it was Sunday and not Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And like I keep bringing up his stuff, Corey Mantani says, and he's close to the better option. He might be at this time, or he might not quite be. Because, like I said, the unknown elements that we don't have, how much of the playbook does he have down? Does he have the audibles down? Are they going to struggle with, with, um, Oh, sorry. Malik Willis just came into the game because Tennessee's getting crushed. Um, are they are they going to struggle with um, the play clock or things of that nature just because of the terminology? I think he's ready with all those things, but I'm not the guy I practice to make that decision. If if none of those, if Kenny Pickett is not being held back in any of those cat things that we could think of that we don't necessarily see, then. He he's getting to, he's getting to be the better option, but the only thing I do have to say about that there's always a but there's always a big but. Once you go there, that's where you are. Once you make the move, that's the move. You got to stay with it. Yep. So if you have to make sure that's the move, I can get it. But once you make the move, you you're not messing around with it. You you, you can't right. Yes. All right. We're running late again. It's the day after a game, but we're supposed to be the transition show coming up. We've talked about it, you know, Thursday. I haven't talked about the opponent because honestly, like coach Tomlin says, I do think he's right about the fact that early in the season, it's more about yourself and less about your opponent. I just wish you would have done that this past week. It wasn't about their opponent. It, I, I feel it's more about the guy standing on the other sidelines, but um, trying to do that. You know, sometimes when you try to not get out coached, you end up getting out coached. You can out coach yourself. Let's let's get off that because guess what? None of that matters now. You've got to build on whatever happened this past Sunday to go to Thursday. What's your overall thoughts on Thursday before we get into scores and things of that nature? The brands is the brands. Mm-hmm. That's what that, that's that's what that's what Kyle said the other day. Yeah, when he picked the Browns and survived. When he picked the Browns and when he picked the Browns and the Survivor League, and yeah. the Browns were the Browns, and Kyle's gone. And I don't have an official update because the week's not over, but I can tell you now: over half the people that were left were eliminated. <laughs> Lots yeah, of people the, took I've the Browns. Never seen the, the numbers this small after three weeks. <laughs> And or two weeks. I'm well, sorry. I'll two just weeks. say this. It looks, it appears to me as if the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game because I can't see what the score is. The score 41 is 41 to seven, seven in the third quarter. Um, so I, I thought the Titans might keep it within 10. I picked the Titans to keep it within 10. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, but sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. So I think the people that picked the Bills, they're going to make it through. The, the largest league out of the five leagues has 19. Oh, and that's, the, that's, that's mine. That's the bit. No, yours has 18, I think, or maybe two of them have 19. No, no one's over 20. The one league that wasn't full that started with 35 is down to three wow. in two weeks. That's because there's been some crazy upsets. So that's just the update on that. But yeah, back to the Browns is the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. Um, but right now, the Stillers are the Stillers is ugly. Yeah. So I, I'm really at a point where it's like, you you know, it's kind of it's kind of tough to call with the Steelers because I've seen so little out of the offense in eight quarters. Yeah. yeah. It. it it, that makes it awfully tough. Yeah. Well, before I have have you say anything about the score, I'm 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 going to tell you this. The Steelers w- played this last game just an overall philosophy of everything, like they were the little brother, like they were still that little brother of that team that's just beat them so many times under Coach Tomlin. But when they, other, with the exception of a Thursday night with, with a backup quarterback on a short week going up there, the Steelers don't play. They generally play the role of the big brother in this matchup. But that's because one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger owned 
that city. He yeah. did. Yeah, he did. So we got to see if the Steelers can own that city without BTR. That's the big question. I think the defense can come out and really do some stuff, but my goodness, I mean, the Browns, how many points did they give up to the Jets? Someone said it in the postgame show. 31. Somebody said it in the postgame show. If Joe Flacco was throwing for 300 and some yards and three, was it three TDs, four TDs, whatever it was, if the Steelers don't come anywhere close to that, that that's going to say something. That's a problem. Yeah, that's it gonna really is. That's going to say a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really will. I think this is a measuring stick, if nothing else. You're either going to say you've got to, you've either got to stick with it with the, and bring on the improvement, or you've got to make some big changes after this game. Um, I th- I think this is this is a very key point of the season. It's only week three, and they're like, technically li- winning the division right now at one and one. So that's one thing you got to remember. I-, I said it before. I mean, the Steelers are one and one. They lost one game by three points. Look at it. Both teams they played were in the postseason last year. Um, so when you look at it that way, you're like, you know, that, that it was a tougher stretch. You know, two two playoff teams from last year, and then a short week going on the road in the division. Let's, but it's not just a. As Coach Tomlin says, early in the season, it's more about you and less about them. And the problem is you. The problem is you. That you're you can't move the ball, you can't put points on the board, you only give up 17 points and you lose. That's a problem. All right, Rich, we don't have a lot of time. We're gonna go over it again. Sorry, bad. So uh give us your score so that way we can let other people start rolling. I will but quickly scores. I'll make my bold and bizarre prediction. Okay, bold and bizarre. Okay, pulling my better Brian Anthony Davis out here. Bold and bizarre prediction. <clears throat> During the game. Miles Garrett has his helmet come off. <laughs> Mason Rudolph seizes the opportunity in street clothes, runs onto the field, grabs the helmet, and takes and a swing. <laughs> takes a swing at Miles Garrett. All right. That sounds something like we're going to see in the Bold Bazaar article. Rich, give us your score for Thursday. Uh, score for Thursday stays low scoring. Stays stays close. Um, oh, and the line has moved in the Browns' favor in the last twenty four hours. It went from know, three and a half. That's to four ridiculous. And a half. They they rule guys out and yeah, clownies out. Favor. Yeah, um, stays close. I'll take, but I'm 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 going with the Browns. Uh, twenty one to twenty. 21 to 20, 21 to 20. All right. We put, I have it out there in the live chat. Remember, if you don't put a team, we assume you mean the Steelers. Um, we're just going to read the scores. That's really all we have time for. But while these are going coming in, I will say this. We are here on a Monday night. The whole reason we're here on Monday night, tomorrow night, you'll have a Steelers preview with myself, Jeff Hartman, and Brian Anthony Davis, where we will be breaking down everything with the game moving forward. Um, the Know Your Enemy it's we like to keep that on the same same night of the week because of trying to get someone from the team that the Steelers are playing. With that, let's jump into this. George Teston, he's got the 23-23 tie. I could go with that if you would have said 13-13. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Mark said Mark it. On the, I didn't even see that on the next one. He said Steelers tie 13-13. Um Steelers Pittsburgh says 17 to 10. Good guys. In other words, the offense doesn't look any better. The defense just does. Um, here we go. Uh, Steel Dog 88 says 23 17 Browns. Um, Dion Eaton says 24 20 Steelers. Um, Brian Brown says Steelers 10, Browns 3. Um, and then makes fun of their um, um, Brownie the Elf. <laughs> uh, Michael O'Malley says Browns 43 0. Um, my thing is, do you really see the Steelers' defense giving up? Oh, wait, maybe they're all defensive scores. But there you go. <laughs> all right, maybe that's it. Um, uh, Craig J. Lawson, twenty-one seventeen Steelers. Uh, Mister Woodside, right? Yeah. Um, I, every week I screw it up. Sorry, Mister Woodside. Um, Steelers seventeen sixteen. Whoa, just had a had a my screen just flashed. I hope I'm still there. Am I still here? Yes, you're still there. Okay, just make sure I'm still there. Um, George Hoover says 31-13 Browns. 
Uh, Nate Van Slacks Van Slyke says uh, tw- twenty to seventeen Steelers. Um, Kathy Ford, hey Kathy, uh, twenty one eighteen Steelers. Christopher Eleven says twenty seven sixteen Steelers. Go Mitch. Okay. Um, Robert Lucky says ten fourteen Steelers. Um, Kevin states because double A, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, 20 to 10 Steelers. Uh, Stuart Luther. Wow. I'm sorry if you're in, in Cleveland. He says 31-10 Browns. Yeah. Um, where else are we? I know we got another one. Uh, already had Kevin's. Uh, didn't get Pedro's yet, did we? Pedro, tw- um, 28-10 Browns. Right. The way I read that, right? Okay. Um, John... Bunker says 21 9 Browns. Here, then Kenny goes undefeated. Man. Oh, did I miss one? Yeah. Um, he says, um, Claude, there's Claude Bishop, says 30 17 Brownies. And Kenny starts week four. I think part of the Steelers Nation would want almost wants the loss to get picket out there. I don't want the loss, but I just want, I don't regard, I want whoever's playing quarterback to play well. Yeah. If it ends up still being Mitch, I'm still going to be – I'll be happy if Mitch plays well. But it can't be what we saw in week two, right? Right. Okay. Um, Cordman Tommy says 16-13 Steelers. Um, Frosty DeBear says Steelers 24-13. Corey Eckenroth, 20-19 Steelers. Sherry Richards says 19-17 Steelers. Um, Art Mitchell Tree. I think I got that right. Steelers 100, Browns 20. No. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Faustino Flores says 16-10 Steelers. Um, but, um, here we go. Ariel um, right. 75, Steelers 24, Browns 10. Gabriel Golden says 9-6 Steelers. Uh, Reginald River says 19-16 Steelers. Okay. And Stewart did clarify, says he's a Steelers fan in Cleveland. Okay, originally from Youngstown. That's what I'm talking about. I could tell by his earlier comments he was a Steelers. Sorry, sorry, sorry Stuart. Yeah, you we, you we, hadn't seen his we, earlier comments. I could tell from earlier. No, 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 no. Oh. Then he has to live in Cleveland. You have our <laughs> deepest sympathy. Yes. So, although apparently there is a Schofield Hotel in Cleveland, I had someone send me a picture. Okay, uh, Dave Wallencheck says twenty-two twenty Steelers. Um, do we have any more? Nope, that was the last one. That was the last one. All right. So just want to want to Jeffrey says Ohio Valley represent. Just want to remind you that Steelers preview tomorrow night, Wednesday night, um, is no know your enemy. Thursday night, it's a special post-game show coming at you from the West Coast with the Yins guys are going to be filling in for that one. Um, since it's really late and during the week. Um, that they're going to do that for us this week. Then we'll be back, hopefully more on a little bit regular schedule. If you're listening to this in audio format, there won't be a regular Yin show. Instead, you'll get your last-minute thoughts. Um, and, and the Steelers preview is not really going to – not preview. The Steelers pregame show with Brian Anthony Davis and KT Smith isn't really going to be much of a pregame. It's going to be more like a postgame um, because of when that runs. So they'll they'll be waiting until after that. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. We've got lots of stuff coming to get it all win by Thursday. Rich, what do you want to say to close this out? Hey, uh, I'm going to throw it out there one more time. I still got two two tickets for 200 bucks for the pair to the Jets game. On, oh, week four uh, could be the Kenny Pickett debut. Yep. They're good seats, and that's the friends and family price, people. Yes, it Get is. in on that. You can tweet at me I um, or email me. Go any way you can get a hold, go to behindthesteelcurtain.com. You can get my information from there. Um, or if you, if you can't get a hold of Rich directly, um, make sure you hit that one up. That could be that could be a really interesting one to do. Yeah. So, so yeah. all right, go ahead. And, and you know, I'd swallow it and go to that game, except I'm going on vacation that week. So, yep. Um, so I will not be anywhere near the, the, the Pittsburgh area. Um, you, you know, it was, it, the whole game on Sunday was was just very ho hum. Yeah. Um, just I, I had trouble getting excited for the game, excited during the game. Uh, I, I hope that changes um, with the game this week. I, I hope it does. It should because you know it's Cleveland, and I love to hate Cleveland because Cleveland never rocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, um, 
it's a little different. I got to go, you know, watch a golf match first and then get home in time for the game and rate my knee jerk. But, you know, Thursday night football, it, I, I said at the beginning of the show, I hate it. And I do. I hate Thursday night football. Yep. The only Thursday night football I really can tolerate is getting to watch my Pittsburgh Steelers. I never miss a Thursday night game with the Steelers play. Other games I'd miss, but not Thursday night. And I won't miss this Thursday night. Can't wait. <laughs>